everyone welcome to another episode of new age life podcast i'm your host karima nag and today we have joshua shia i hope i pronounced it correctly it's close it's shay but you know okay, it's shay. i'm not going to i'm not going to try to pronounce your last name so we're both in the same boat okay how are you today i'm doing very well and i want to thank you very much for allowing me to uh, come on your show and speak to your listeners yeah yeah i thank you also for your time because i think this topic is uh, that you are going to talk on is is very unique it's not something yeah, that everybody talks about no and, and and even if people want to talk about it very often they're ashamed or they're afraid and and that's part of the problem that's part of the problem is we need to be able to have adult conversations uh and and that's part of why I go on to shows like yours to show people that we can have conversations about this without it getting dirty or x-rated or anything like that we can be adults and we have a problem in this world and we need to address it as adults so can you tell us about yourself and what you are going to speak about yeah absolutely my name is Joshua Shay I am from the United States of America I live in a state called Maine which is driving wise about 6 hours north of New York City and um I for many many years of my life was a pornography addict I also was an alcoholic um I became a pornography addict at 12 years old and lived my life for 24 years as an addict uh hiding it from everybody and then finally uh my alcoholism and my porn addiction kind of caught up with me there was a year of my life in 2013 where things were absolutely horrible and then finally uh in early 2014 it was actually April 1st i remember because that was the last day i had a drink that uh, was the last day i ever looked into porn uh April 1st 2014 i went into uh, a rehabilitation facility um i was at the first one for 70 days for alcohol i was at the next one for 50 days for the pornography addiction um uh, like i said that was 2014 since then i have appeared on tv shows radio shows and podcasts all over the world talking about pornography addiction um i've written three books about it i've done a ted talk really what i'm trying to do is get information out there because i wonder if i had information when i was 10 or 11 or 12 years old might i have not become a porn addict if my parents had been taught that pornography was a problem back in the 1980s might i not have developed this problem um i don't know but my hope is that i can go out there and with the knowledge and the science that we understand about pornography addiction now plus my own personal story of my struggle and recovery my hope is that we can get more people to understand that pornography addiction is a real thing that it can happen to anybody and that it needs to be taken seriously in this day and age especially of high speed internet and letting our kids just use the internet without really paying attention to what they're doing yeah if you don't mind sharing how how did it start because 12 years is too young you know i mean no, it's really i'm surprised absolutely. that you know if you don't mind sharing how did no, it start no well and, and i'll tell you now because of the internet the average boy sees his first pornography at 9 years old now the average girl sees her first pornography at 11 so the numbers only get lower it's kind of scary um i am very typical when it comes to the people who are pornography addicts or were pornography addicts uh probably the best study that's ever been done um it's it's now over 20 years old was by a doctor named uh Patrick Carnes and he studied American men who had pornography addiction in the late 90s and what he found was uh, about 70% of these men and these aren't exact figures you can look them up but around 70% of men uh who are pornography addicts have had some kind of physical abuse in their background and they have trauma from that that they haven't dealt with 
Around 80% of male porn addicts have some kind of trauma from sexual abuse in their background. And over 90% have some kind of trauma because of mental or emotional abuse. So when you think about that, the average male porn addict has one or more kinds of abuse that they haven't processed very well. That was my story exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. And, uh, hey, wasn't your fault. <laughs> and uh, myself, when I was a child, when I was four or five years old, I had a babysitter who both mentally and emotionally abused me and sexually abused me. Like most kids who this happens to, I didn't tell anybody because I was scared. And like most kids, I didn't have the tools to cope with it and deal with it because I was so young. So I just kind of squashed it down and put it behind me. And when I, you know, but it was still there. It was still there that this stuff happened to me. And when I was 12 years old, I had an older cousin. I think he was 15 or 16. He had some magazines and he showed me these magazines. And I'll tell you, I don't know what, I don't remember what the magazine names were. I don't remember even what the pictures were exactly. But I remembered this feeling coming over me like it was warm and it felt good. And it felt like I had just discovered something that was going to help me in life. I just found something that was very special, that was going to be something that I could count on to make me feel good. And the only other time I've ever felt this was two years later when I was 14, the first time I got drunk. And from that point forward, no matter whether I was stressed out or I had anxiety or whatever was happening in my life from the ages of you know, 13, 14, straight up to 37, when I finally went and got help, I had a very active uh, pornography addiction and a very active alcohol addiction. These were things I used daily and it didn't matter what was going on in my life. If things were bad, I used, I used them more often. Um, for longer periods of time, but for, you know, 24 years, no matter if I was in school or whether I was at a job, no matter if I was married or a single, for those 24 years, I could count on pornography and alcohol more than I could count on anything else because that those were the only two things that I knew would always make me feel better no matter what was going on. Wow, that's <laughs> actually to be honest, I'm speechless because uh, it's really terrible that, especially at such a young age, because such traumatic yeah. experience it can happen to the adults. Then what to how it affects the adults? Then what to speak of how it affects children as young as you know five, six years old. Know? and you mentioned about your babysitter that she abused you physically and sexually you know it, it must have been I, I can't imagine how terrible it must have uh, been you know well and that's the thing that's what happens with a lot of people in that boat is that your mind is a wonderful thing and it blocks that I actually for uh, well I didn't forget but I repressed a lot of the abuse memories that happened to me. It wasn't until I went to my first uh, rehab for alcohol and I was getting help with my alcohol that my, my case manager recognized that I had a big problem with pornography and he got me to see an expert about it. And that was when I recognized I had a problem. I just thought I was an alcoholic. It wasn't until I met with somebody who was an expert that he could, he explained it to me and I figured if I haven't heard of this, and I've been one for 24 years, if I haven't heard of this, and I read all the time, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to learn, uh, I bet a lot more people don't know about this. And I bet that maybe my story could wake a few people up. And if more people heard my story, they might, they might look at themselves. And maybe they're not as far along as I was. And they can stop it before it gets too bad like it did for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's like your mind tells you that this is a normal thing to do, you know, and well, especially, 
especially like if like as you mentioned whenever you were under anxiety or maybe stress you will depend on pornography and uh, alcohol to make you feel better so your mind makes you to think that this is a normal thing to do well that's exactly it and when it finally occurs to you and when it finally dawns on you hey i drink way too much or i'm way too uh i'm, I'm way too dangerous when i drink or gee i i i try to look at pornography at night but i try to go to bed at midnight and i'm looking at pornography three hours later you know these are the these are the times when you you start to realize you have a problem and then once you realize you have a problem you realize you almost can't do anything about it because it becomes it re, it changes the wiring in your brain and it becomes you are you don't even realize how dependent you are on it until you try to quit it's when you try to quit or when you try to slow down i tried to slow down my drinking for 10 years i could never do it um i just kept going back to it and uh even though i knew i had a problem with my drinking for 10 years i couldn't slow it down because my mind kept telling me i needed it my mind kept telling me it kept sending signals to me that like if i didn't have it i would get sick if i didn't have it i would die if i didn't have it i wouldn't be able to cope with life so it addiction plays tricks with your brain and it actually does change the chemistry of it yeah it becomes like food to your body you know absolutely absolutely like if we don't people, if we don't eat food even for a day you know the body will be like you know we we won't be able to think about anything except to get food and that's it otherwise so you will go you crazy that. otherwise you will yeah. go crazy you know well i tell people imagine a hot day after 3 or 4 hours you need water now you know you can go longer but after 5 or 6 hours it's all you think about after 7 or 8 hours you can't do anything and you start to physically hurt because you don't have water in your system that's what addiction is like your brain is sending signals to your body the same signals that tell you you need water or you need food your brain is sending signals to your nerve endings telling them that they need the alcohol or the porn or the drugs or the gambling or the food or whatever it is because what most people don't recognize is that addiction is addiction is addiction is addiction it's mostly all the same yes there are different side effects if you you know if you take drugs you may you may have something happen that different than if you were a food addict than if you're a sex addict you know the results are different but what happens in your mind is the same from, from addiction to addiction and i always tell people you know cocaine addiction doesn't take place in your nose and food addiction doesn't take place in your stomach and sex and porn addiction doesn't take place between your legs it all takes place in your head that's where the addiction is and when i was drinking or when i was using porn i wasn't doing it and for any other reason than to just try to clear the storm that was going on in my head that's why people who are addicts use because something else is happening addiction is really a symptom of a bigger problem my bigger problem was that i had not dealt with the trauma from being abused as a child and that's a very common story unfortunately So uh this your addiction uh did it affect your studies and your job your personal life in any way Um well I I knew once I realized that I probably had uh, a little bit of an alcohol problem I tried to hide it from people and I I knew that I looked at a lot of pornography I didn't know I was addicted I didn't know you could become addicted but I knew I looked at a lot of it and I knew that my friends didn't look at as much so i kept that quiet too because even even people who aren't addicted to pornography but look at it don't talk about it in mixed company very much we don't talk about the fact that most people in this world look at pornography most people in this world masturbate to pornography but we all pretend that nobody does which is part of the problem in solving these problems is that we all pretend nobody's done this and uh ultimately uh the alcohol uh which made the 
pornography addiction worse uh, at the very end there 2012 2013 I started to grow very far apart from my family I actually lost my job uh, in early 2014 because I was drunk most of the time or I was pulled up in my office looking at porn on my computer um, but the uh, I, I was a co-owner of the company I owned one-fourth of it but the other three people came in and they uh, I was I ran the day-to-day -day operations who was a magazine that we, we owned um, and they fired me from the day-to-day -day operations because I wasn't doing my job like I said my relationship with my wife and kids got very very uh, difficult before I got help and I was also not taking care of myself. I probably weighed 40 pounds more than I do now, maybe even 50. I was only sleeping three or four hours a, a night. Uh, it's funny, if you look at a picture of me now and a picture of me from 2013, I look 10 years younger now. I just, I did not look good. I was, and people, when they get to that, it's, it's known as the critical phase of addiction. Um, when you either hit rock bottom or die, um, I, I was at that point and I wasn't caring about myself. I was probably taking a shower once a week, maybe. And I was only sleeping two or three hours a, a night. I was not, I was a mess. And had I not got help, I don't know if I would be alive today. I probably wouldn't be. I probably would have drinking myself to death or found another, found something else to become addicted to. Um, I was not doing well at all. My mom, on the week that I went to get help, before I told her I was going to go and help, she looked at me and she said, you look like you're close to death. And she's like, and I'm not being funny. You look like you're close to death. Because yeah. I was pale and, and gaunt and, and, and but fat and, and dirty. And it was just, it was uh, it was a mess. And thankfully, my, my family and a couple of my friends basically laid it on the line to me. You need to go get help for your alcohol. And when I was getting help for the alcohol, that's when we discovered the porn addiction. And that, uh, you know, the porn addiction is a real thing. It's a separate addiction. It was there even before the alcohol addiction. And in many ways, it was worse in my life than the porn addiction. Or excuse me, than the alcohol. The porn was worse than the alcohol. Okay, so when you started getting the help, then you were able to share all that trauma you went through and then how it led to the addiction and everything. Yeah, well, that's what I, I realized. I was I was a newspaper and magazine writer for, for 20, 25 years. So I've always been very good at writing and I wanted to get something out there for people. So I said, okay, I'm gonna write my story. So I wrote my first book, which was my story. That came out in 2018. Um, in 2019, I wrote another book. This one was specifically for the uh, wives and girlfriends of male porn addicts, how they can handle it because they often end up traumatized. And then my last book, which came out last year, was called Porn in the Pandemic. And that basically looked at how the online pornography industry probably grew 10 years worth in three months because we had the coronavirus and everybody was staying at home. So you had people who had never looked at porn starting to look. And then you had people because of sites like OnlyFans and some of the cam sites out there, you had a lot of young people who were starting to make pornography and sell it online. And we'd never seen anything like that in this world before. So I wanted to write a book about it to just kind of document what was happening. We'd never seen a virus like this in our lifetime and we've never you know we've never seen the technology um, explode like it did with pornography in 2020 so I wrote a book about that as well um, I just want people to know that this is a real thing and you know you and I have been talking for almost half an hour now and we haven't talked about the the stuff that is in pornography. We haven't talked about what is in the movies or in the pictures. You don't have to talk about that. That's what everybody is afraid of talking about is the naked people, the sex, whatever it is that they enjoy watching. You know, that's cool. Most people do watch it, whatever. That's that's actually average and normal. Don't feel you're a freak if you watch pornography. Most people do. However, 
it can be dangerous. It can be like cigarettes. It can be like alcohol. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's good for you. And uh, you need to, like other things in this world that can be dangerous, you need to learn about it so you can use it the right way. I, I read an article on this uh, uh, this point that you mentioned that because of the pandemic, I mean, so much, uh, so many uh, things have been happening since last year. Like I read about this pornography increase, you know, yeah. and and, and it, it was it's like a pandemic of everything. Not it's not just about the virus. The whole lifestyle, right. you know everything just blew out of proportion you know you said that better than i could you're absolutely <laughs> right that that this world is upside down yeah. and that's one of the things if, if this was happening with pornography by itself it would be getting headlines but you see alcoholism up you see violence in between men and women up you see all of these horrible things that are more horrible because of the coronavirus, which is horrible too, because it's killing people all over. So it's very hard to get people to think about their pornography use because we have so much other stuff on our mind right now. But it's important because it is so much easier to deal with your child before they start using pornography to teach them about it than it is to sit with your 17 or 18 year old teenager and try to get them help for a pornography addiction they've they've developed. And a lot of teenagers, both boys and girls, by 16, 17, are showing signs of being addicted to pornography. I, I see a lot of teenagers nowadays anywhere you go, whether you go out somewhere or like for a party or anything. I have seen a lot of teenagers because their parents give them phones. So you don't know, I used to, I will see them in groups. They will just group together and they will be looking at their phone. I mean, only God knows what they will be watching maybe on the YouTube or on the Facebook, you don't know. And they will not want to share, especially with adults, right. you know, because right. they know and, they know that if, if the adults, if assuming the adults, they see that they are not doing something, they are doing something that they are not supposed to do, their parents will know. Then the parents will, you know, maybe take right. away their phones or do something, you know? that's how you learn to hide stuff and that's why I tell parents sometimes I speak to parents groups and a lot of parents will tell me well we put filters on our child's phone and I tell them that's fantastic but there are 4.8 billion phones in the world parental you've control locked, you've you've locked down one phone what happens when your kid goes to school whether your kid is 11 or 17 what happens when your kid goes to school and their friend shows the pornography on their phone that they don't have parental controls on you cannot you cannot think of uh, a world where you can hide pornography from your kids it doesn't exist so the best thing you can do is educate them it is not a matter of if your kids are going to see pornography it's a matter of when your kids are going to see pornography and when their friend shows them that telephone and there's whatever the latest pornography from whatever site they look at is on there what is your kid going to say what is your kid going to do if you don't know what your kid is going to say or do you haven't properly educated them about pornography it's not about hiding them from it it's not about trying to stick your head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist it's about educating them and letting them know that this stuff can be dangerous for them then also i think the the school also the teachers also they need to be aware of all these things i mean of course nobody can you can control the kids but at least you can try to educate them try to make them right. see reason you know well that's exactly it and there are always going to be people who do the opposite of what you say and there are always going to be people who develop addictions and problems no matter how much we try to stop it but right now worldwide depending on which uh, statistic or study you look at between 12 and 18 percent of all people 
are pornography addicts by definition. And that number is even higher when you talk about younger people. I know in the US, in the US, there was a study a couple of years back before the pandemic, so the numbers may be even worse. There was a study that showed 32% of guys under 30 years old thought that they looked at too much pornography or were developing a problem or have a problem. So that's almost one out of three, one out of three men under 30 in the US thinks they have a problem with pornography. If they think they do, they probably do. And that's huge. One out of three people or one out of three men, you know, under 30. Well, if we don't do something, those men are going to be 40 and then 50 and then 60. And we're going to have women who are getting up into those numbers because right now in the U.S., it's about one out of five women who are, are uh by definition an addict and it's vastly the younger ones so we are looking at a at another kind of pandemic that's going to happen if we don't start talking about this and like you said it can be in school what would one day a year telling kids that pornography much like alcohol much like cigarettes can be bad for them and that as children, they should not use them. You can decide what you want to do when you're 18 or 21 or whatever the laws of your, your state or city or country are, but small children shouldn't see this stuff. And the great thing about small kids is that they listen and they want to learn and they want to know the right thing to do. You know, it's you're not going to reach a 17-year-old kid until it's too late but you can reach a seven-year-old kid and just say something as simple as, if you ever see a magazine or somebody shows you a picture on their phone, or you see something on a computer that is that involves you know, naked people who look like they're wrestling or doing other things, just come tell me. Come tell your mom, come tell your dad. I just want to make sure that you know, you're, not, you're not seeing this stuff because it's not good for kids. And that is a seven or eight-year-old will absolutely take that as an answer. You don't need to talk anymore about pornography. You don't even need to say the word pornography. You just need to let them know that they should be seeing pictures of adults who are not, don't have their clothes on, doing things with each other. Leave it as simple as that and you will see results. And I didn't have that. And, and um, I don't think that oh, there are a lot of people younger than me who didn't have that. Now we may have some parents starting to say it, but we need a lot more to say it. And talking to your kids about pornography, yes, it's, it stinks, it's horrible. You don't want to do that. But in 2021, that's where we find ourselves. Um, and that's what we need to do to keep a healthy society. Sexuality is great. Sexuality is why we're all here. You know, if it wasn't for our parents being sexual one night, we would never be here. And if any of us, if any of us ever want to have kids, we're going to have to get sexual. But if, and it's a natural, wonderful thing given to us by God, but it's also one of those things that can be abused very easily and can be twisted very easily. And we need to recognize that, you know, I tell people I am not uh, anti-pornography. I am pro healthy sexuality and we need to have a more healthy sexual world. How people see themselves, how they carry themselves, how we deal with people after they have sexual abuse, um, how we educate people and pornography is part of it. We're just so scared of those three little letters, S-E-X in this world, that we don't even think that we can have adult conversations about it because we immediately go to that embarrassed place or that shameful place or yeah, yeah. pretend you don't look at it or that kind of stuff and, and and it's a shame because there are so many people in this world who need help and if we could just have the kind of conversations we need to about it we could help them and those conversations aren't going to embarrass anybody they're not going to be shameful they're not going to be judging um, it's about helping somebody who didn't know they were going down that road change their brain chemistry and now feels like they need this you can recover I'm, I'm proof of it you can recover i'm proof of it and we 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 need people to recognize this but we also need parents to take action before their kids even turn into porn addicts
yeah usually when when you use the word addiction you know usually people related to other stuff like taking drugs or smoking right. or even taking alcohol but nobody talks about you know pornography or no. that sex or anything you know it's like as if it is considered a taboo to talk about it you know well right because think think about you know pornography the average person who looks at pornography does it by themselves and they don't want anybody to know they're doing it and they're usually comes you know pleasuring themselves with it at the same time and that they look at it and these things are not things that you want to talk about with your friends and you don't want to talk about what it was you were looking at because maybe you weren't looking at just one man and one woman maybe you were looking at some crazier stuff and you don't want to admit that you like some crazier stuff out there even though everybody likes something crazy out there but it goes to the point that you present yourself in a certain way to society to your friends to your family and admitting your pornography use or your pornography behavior is kind of like admitting something that only you talk about but if you have a problem with it like i did you have to learn that you have to talk about it or else you're not going to get better and when i started talking about it 7 years ago and started writing about it 5 years ago it was amazing how many people wanted to come to me and talk about it like i was the first guy who said okay i had a pork prediction and i got better and anybody got any questions Yeah, and I, there wasn't anybody I, I else saw, like that I, out there. I, I saw the long list of uh, appearances. <laughs> it it's, was a very crazy. long list, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I've done over I've done at this point probably about 300 interviews about pornography addiction, wow. and it's because nobody else is out there doing it. So that's Despite a world record. I uh, probably I mean somebody should call your Guinness name should be yeah your name should be put in the <laughs> the I think it should be in the book of records I love that book when I was a kid you know I I want I want my name in that book you're right I'm going to I'm going to find them online and send them an email see if that's a category we can create. Yeah yeah um, yeah but but that's why I'm out here doing this is because I have come to terms with my issues and I know that a lot of people are embarrassed about their issues. I know that a lot of people are ashamed about their issues. Uh, I'm very lucky that I had a great medical team that helped me. I'm very lucky that I had great family, my wife, my kids, my parents. I've got a couple of great friends who helped me along the way. Um I was very very lucky uh that I had the support that I had. Sometimes you know a wife finds out that her husband's a porn addict or a boyfriend finds out his girlfriend is a porn addict and they'll just leave they won't even ask any questions yeah, they'll just yeah. leave but i was in my family helped me get through this my family didn't judge me they didn't you know make me feel ashamed of what i did they just wanted to help me get better mentally because addiction is a mental illness so when you started getting help how long did it take for you to Uh, uh reduce the addiction oh uh, well i mean I, i'm a very stubborn person so when <laughs> when I, i when i went to rehab i stopped that day i stopped on april 1st 2014 and i have not had a drink or i and i've not looked at pornography since but i will tell you it's not always easy yeah. it was very it's it, it's easy for me now cuz it's been 7 years but that first year or two it was very difficult if i saw a a sexy woman on tv i had to kind of like turn the tv off because my mind would start to think about pornography or if it was you know if it was uh football season here in the us well on S- sundays are our football games everybody me and my friends used to go to bars and we just go from bar to bar watching football well you know even even now 6 7 years later if i want to watch football i have to do it at home alone or with people who don't drink because if i was to go to a bar or a pub i would probably feel very triggered and i might start to do that i still 7 years 7 years after having my last drink i still have a dream at least once a month where i drink uh and and that's and sometimes i have 
dreams or I'm, I'm seeing pornography. And that's one of the things that a lot, that's one of the things that a lot of addicts will tell you is that they have addict dreams for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's, it's tough, but I had that support of people and I made the decision that I was going to get better. That's the thing that is the most important is that when it comes to mental health, unless you have something like schizophrenia, um, you can often very much help your mental illness. And with, with addiction, while I will always have triggers, it is possible for me to live a very happy, healthy life without porn or alcohol. And I do. It's happier and healthier than it's ever been. My relationship with my kids and my wife is better than it's ever been. I'm happier than I've ever been. I mean, I think about all those years I wasted. And that's one of the reasons that I'm also out there is, you know, I'll talk to a man my age who's 42, 43, and tell him, you know, you're only halfway through your life. If you can take care of this now, your second half of your life, you will not be an active addict. Doesn't that sound better than the, the depression and the anxiety and the stress and the shame? Doesn't that sound better? And of course it does. But you have to commit to yourself that you are going to get better and then you have to do the hard work. And it is hard work. It's not easy to go back and look at your trauma. It's not easy to say no to these things that have always made you feel better. Um, it's it's difficult, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. It's very possible to do. Yeah, yeah. And when you were in the rehab, you must have met other people who who were, you know, addicted to all these things. Oh yeah, and the thing is, uh, with the rehabs in the U.S., uh, the rehab I went to, there were people who were there for drugs, for alcohol, for pornography and sex, and also for eating disorders. So I got I got to meet all kinds of people. And you know what was interesting to me was that I actually felt closer to the people in the eating disorder program than any anyone else, except the porn people. Because when you think about it, with drugs or alcohol, to get better, you stop using. That's it. A hundred percent, you stop using. But if you have an eating disorder, you can't stop eating food. You'll die. And if you have a if you have a sexual addiction like I did, it's not like you can cut sexuality out of your life. Yes, I have to cut pornography out of my life, but it's not like I want to be an asexual person because that, that is just as sick as being an oversexed person. You yeah, know, it's part of human nature. Exactly, there's a spectrum and you don't want to be on either side, you want to be in the middle. So I have to de develop a healthy relationship with sexuality, just like the eating disorder program people have to develop a healthy relationship with food because you need these things in your life. Mm -hmm. So when you started uh, making appearances on podcast on shows, so what type of response did you receive? Oh, huge, especially in the very beginning after my first book came out. I thought I would get a couple emails from some addicts and that would be it. What surprised me was that I was flooded with emails and messages from wives and girlfriends and mothers and fathers and husbands wanting to know, hey, you got better. How do I get my partner better? And in starting to talk to these people, I learned how much they were suffering and that the partners of porn addicts and sex addicts, they feel horrible because when you think about it, if your husband ends up as a heroin addict, you're not asking yourself if it's because you're not pretty enough. If your husband ends up as an alcoholic, it's not like you're asking yourself if you're not good enough in bed. But when people find out that their partner have a sex or a porn addiction, the partners often wonder if, if it's their fault, if they helped cause it. Was there something they didn't do? Were they not friendly enough? Were they not sexy enough? What what happened? Mm -hmm. And that's what and that's and i've i've gone deep into studying that and i also coach people who who deal with this and it's called betrayal trauma where basically 
you believe this person is one way and you're positive and you know it it is like you know the sky is blue this person is this way and then you find out that that person isn't that way yeah. it's like finding out the sky is yellow and all of a sudden you everything you trusted was wrong and that's difficult because and i've heard this from so many partners is that if if he or she lied to me for so many years and hid this addiction and hid this illness what else are they hiding from me this can't be the only thing they're hiding from me do i even know this person who i married and that's what sets them off that's what really gets them going and half of the people half of the people i coach right now are the partners who are dealing with the betrayal trauma and in working with them trying to teach them that they have nothing to do with it it's like you know my, i met my wife when i was 26 years old i became a porn addict at 12 years old she couldn't have had anything to do with this she just happened to be there at the time i could have been married to anybody i could have been single it had nothing to do with them it was about what was happening up here and that happened long before i ever met her 20 years before i ever met her so how could she have anything to do with this she doesn't my addiction is not her fault it's not her problem but a lot of partners just blame themselves so i work with them and helping them understand that addiction is a personal thing you can't turn anybody into an addict the addict makes their own decisions including if they want to get well or not and you have to make your own decisions if you're willing to wait for the person to get well or not yeah yeah so you are lucky that your wife uh, stood by you and uh, uh you know yes, very lucky encouraged very lucky. you to come out of it and that's why i always when i talk to a partner for the first time unless they tell me i am going to divorce them i am going to leave i always say don't make any big moves just see what happens see if he gets help see if he tries to get help see if she uh wants to get better see if this person uh is going to make an attempt because i know i know my wife would have left if i hadn't made an attempt i worked hard and in seeing me work hard in seeing the actual improvements i didn't just talk about it i actually did it and i think that's why everything ended up okay was because i showed every day that i was serious about doing the hard work to get better yeah yeah i once watched one movie um i can't remember what was the name of the movie but it was about a couple you know the wife she was like serious about taking care of the kids and getting you know the whole family everything done and her husband you know he was busy in his office in the house he will be on his computer uh with a woman you know the woman will be like completely yep. naked and all that stuff and the wife before she didn't know anything and then when when one day she went into the office to talk to her husband and she just saw you know that he was looking at a naked woman and then and then she was like what are you doing you know is this what you have been doing all this time then he was blaming her that you don't have time for me you know right. so and, and then they ended up in divorce you know yeah and that that's the, that's unfortunate that it happens with so many men and i wish more men would just listen and and i'll also tell you that i do get women who come to me um and, and my first session is always free so you can talk about whatever you want and it's 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 no charge because i want people to be with me for the right reason and there are times where i'll sit and i'll talk to a woman and she will tell me her story and while her husband or her boyfriend looks at porn when she describes it they're not an addict they you know she doesn't like porn she doesn't want him to use porn but he's not an addict she's requested he doesn't use it you know i had a woman the first for the first time the other day in the last 5 years she has caught her husband using porn twice and i had to explain to her that's not an addiction that's a husband who doesn't care what you think if you've told him you hate porn and he looks at it well he's just not caring what you think that's a different problem than being an addict 
you're not describing an addict to me. You're describing a husband who doesn't care enough. Yeah, yeah. So there is a there's a there's absolutely a difference. And the thing is, like I said, there are a lot of people who can look at porn and it doesn't cause an addiction. It doesn't cause a problem. And we can debate whether porn is good or bad or moral or immoral or whatever. It I mean, everybody can have their own personal uh, value judgments on porn. But there are people who drink who don't end up with a problem. You know, the, you, there are people who can who gamble who don't end up with a problem. And I know there are people who look at porn that don't end up with a problem, but you still should know what you're getting into. And if you're hiding it from your wife or somebody, you shouldn't have to hide anything from them, especially something that big. If you're hiding something, there is a problem there. Maybe you're not an addict, but there's a problem if you're hiding it. There's some problem in your marriage, in your relationship. There are couples who watch pornography together and they're perfectly happy. And if that works for them, fantastic. They're both in agreement, that's cool. But if you're not both in agreement, you can't be watching it. Um, yeah. If you're, you know, if it's not healthy for one of you, it's not healthy for both of you. People need to recognize that what is healthy for you as an individual person sexually may not be healthy for you as a couple. Um, yeah. And married married couples, if they introduce pornography to their marriage, if they haven't started watching from the beginning, but they're looking to spice things up and they bring pornography into their marriage, they're twice as more likely to divorce after that point. So if you're having problems in your marriage, uh, it may not be addiction, but don't ignore the problems because they're still there. Just because it's not addiction doesn't mean you don't need to take it care of. Who cares if you end up divorced, whether it's addiction or bad communication, if you, if you still end up divorced and you don't want to. Yeah, so it all comes back to the mind, how strong you are, how much you exactly. are able to control yourself, you know? Like as you mentioned, exactly. like about drinking, if you like, drink maybe average or minimal drinking then is okay but if you go yeah. beyond the minim- minimum amount of drinks then it becomes a problem right and, and and you can usually tell this by looking at when you're doing it how you're doing it you know there is no reason that i would have to have a beer at nine in the morning mm-hmm. you know there's no reason that i need to look at pornography on my lunch break at work but these were the kind of things that I had to do to just get through my day. So obviously, you know, it was a problem there. Um, but if my, you know, if my wife hated alcohol and I only had one or two beers a week, it doesn't make me an alcoholic, but because she has a problem with it, I still have to address that. And, uh, you know, so that's why, that's why it gets very complicated when you're talking about sex addiction porn addiction in terms of a marriage because we intertwine sex and love and physical love with mental love and you know if you're sitting there looking at naked people on a computer is that cheating some people think it is some people think it isn't you know there's uh it's it's very difficult and that's why couples have to communicate and they have to communicate about sex and this is part of that they have to talk to each other about what do they expect what do they want what do they need and this isn't all about crazy positions it's just about what your attitude is towards this stuff your your partner needs to know you need to be able to communicate with your partner yeah they have to find a common ground and uh... absolutely absolutely and if you can't talk to them there's a problem. I understand not wanting to talk to your parents, maybe not wanting to talk to your friends, but your partner, the person who you are hoping to spend your life with, they should be able, they should know this stuff about you. And whether you hate pornography, do you think it's evil straight from the devil? Or whether you think pornography is the greatest thing in the world and you want to view it all day long, no matter what your truth is, you should still be able to share your truth with your partner. So um, it was wonderful talking to you on this uh, issue and I really appreciate your time and uh, I, well, if there is any last thing you would like to mention before we go. 
Yeah, well, I just want to remind people that anybody can be a pornography addict. It's not a male thing. It's not a young thing. I have met people who are rich, who are poor, who are old, who are young, men, women, every color, every religion from all over the world. Anybody can be a porn addict. Don't think that you are immune for some reason. Anybody can be a porn addict. And uh, if you need more information, my website, which is P, that's the letter P, addict recovery like porn addict recovery but i just made it a p so p addictrecovery.com if you want information about how to get help if you want information on you know how to get my coaching or how to get my books it's on there i write a couple articles a week i think if you have any questions or you want to get in touch with me p addict recovery and uh, i'll help you out there because nobody should have to suffer with this silently like i did yeah uh, i think i will include the link to your website uh, oh, thank you. for the podcast so that if anybody anybody wants to contact you you know the link is there so it will be easier for the people so um yeah and i just want to let people know that um you know i saw plenty of porn in my life i've seen whatever you've seen i'm not going to judge you do not worry do not be embarrassed do not be ashamed to come to me i can talk about this all day long i don't care what you looked at i don't care who you looked at i don't care what you did uh, it's more important that you talk about it um, so if anybody out there does need to i am there and it's important that people recognize it's safe it's embarrassment free it's shame free because that's how you start to deal with a problem is without the shame yeah it this reminds me of uh, captain america you know there's one of his famous dialogue i can do this all day <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely you're absolutely right no and, and that's the thing and that that's what's amazing though when i talk to people the first time when i talk to a guy who has been secretly a porn addict for 20 or 25 years and mm-hmm. he can finally talk to somebody about it like me and i don't care what he looked at i'm not judging him i've seen every weird thing too mm-hmm. and it's such a relief for somebody to to unburden themselves and talk about yeah. it to somebody who you know they've never been able to talk about it before it's it's such a relief to them and i i like being that guy because i know how much i needed that guy yeah that that shows uh, you have a big heart you know <laughs> you are you are very kind and uh, you know uh, trying to is a is a social service and uh, it's really a very unique service you are doing and i wish you all the best to continue helping people for the rest of your life you know thank you and i hope you will get your name in the guinness world book of record i think you will i will, I will work on that you i will deserve send you that an too. autograph copy yes i will oh, send wow. you an autograph copy if i if i can convince them to do that i will So um thank you so much for everything and uh, I will like as I said that I will put the link to your website on the description box oh, if great, anybody great. if anyone from the audience would like to contact you to uh, you know to for you to talk about the addiction so um thank you all of you for listening this episode and I hope uh, you have all benefited from this talk and uh, i will see you in the next episode